and I just wanted to share with you really quick the, the, the I was gonna say petroglyphs version <laughs> the quick version of how to overcome fear of rejection and find the love of your life if you know me you know that I just got married to the love of my loof, life my loof. where am I my life um, his name is Jason Graves and he's an artist muralist and a business person in Boulder he runs a t-shirt shop that prints any images that you see on t-shirts like this as mushrooms or any kind of like logos that's what he does he prints t-shirts so um, my journey to finding Jason Graves was a long one. I dated a ton of people. And for me, it wasn't so much that I was, I would ask anybody out that I thought I was interested in. However, what was difficult for me was learning how to tune into myself and discover how do I actually feel around this person? Does this person add to my experience? So I had to learn to be a lot more selfish and self-serving in how I felt around different people. And so what I would do is as I was dating, um, I tended to be more chameleon-like. Like I liked trying on other people's lives. I tried on the life of the real estate brokers, <laughs> commercial real estate brokers lady. I was the fisherman's wife in Alaska. I was, um, you know, in, in grad school, I was more just interested in exploring the psychology of another human being. And I did a master's in contemplative psychotherapy where I really started to dig into, um, at the time I was dating someone who was addicted to drugs. So at the time, I didn't realize that that was a really dangerous situation. And if you are in that kind of situation, a nurse told me one of the things that I could not hear apparently from anyone else, she said, this person is going to take you down and you need to get out of this relationship. She said it like very directly. So I'm saying it to you, passing on the gift that was given to me. If you're dating someone who's addicted actively to drugs and they're not seeking recovery or healing, you need to get out of that situation and you need to do it now. Same with abusiveness. Let me cut through. Like we have all the reasons in the world for staying. The reason I ended up leaving that relationship was because I went on a retreat. It was a two week silent meditation retreat and we were supposed to just sit there and I could not do that with the person I was dating at the time and all of the stress that that situation was putting on my own body. I could not sit with it. So he was a love of my life and I still love him very much. He's since passed on and he died from his drug addiction, unfortunately. Um, you know, when I found that out, I burst into tears because the love's still there, right? It's not like we condemn the person just for addiction. However, we have to protect ourselves. So as I moved through relationships in my life, I got more and more clear on what do I want? Who do I want? How do I want to feel around the person that's in my life? And how can I start to serve my own rejections in loving, kind ways that, you know, protected my space? So allowed more space for me to have more people that I actually wanted in my life. So fast forward, I broke up with the realtor guy. He broke up with me. We were th both feeling it at the same time, but I was flipping devastated because I was rejected and it wasn't even him. Like he was not the right fit for me. My whole family didn't like him. Like there was a lot going on there. He was someone I knew in high school. So it felt like this like kind of magical love story, but we together were not a match in any form. 
but it triggered the crap out of me. So out of that pain, I felt so rejected and it hurt so much and it made me so mad. I decided to turn into myself. So a group of my friends and I were going to do this um, workbook called Calling in the One, Seven Weeks to Attract the Love of Your Life. All my friends fell away <laughs> and it was just me with my cheesy book and I would like take the cover off and wrap it in other things because I felt so embarrassed. But I did the work and I, I really committed to diving in to each little step and I hired a coach too to walk me through it. So what I found was that I had some unresolved, uncompleted conversations with friends, with family, with my dad especially, that I needed to complete. And this process allowed me to start to wrap up the past. And there were feelings in there that I did not want to feel. Like my best friend in high school, I thought we had a great relationship. When we got older, she started to not show up so well in my life. She'd flake out or she wouldn't show up on important times, like my birthday or something like that. And I realized this person does not feel the same way about me as I feel about them. So there was a mismatch in my brain about who we were to each other. And what I found out of that is that like, ow, yes, that hurts. It feels like rejection, right? However, I started to get clear and take responsibility for the ways that I was a really challenging friend at that time and how that carried forward into our future. And just because I was over it and had cleared things and apologized and healed didn't mean she was. And so ultimately we ended up ending our friendship, which was for the best because I you know, we were able to complete the past. I apologized. I told her how I felt. She told me how she felt and it was hard to hear and it hurt my heart and I felt disappointed and I felt regret, but those feelings created the space where I could receive more love, more people, people who were reflecting me now, people who would show up for me, people who didn't hold the past against me. Like I was holding it against myself and she was too. So when we complete those conversations, the ones with my dad were a lot harder. With her, I could just talk it out. With my dad, I called in a mediator. So my my dad's wife, Joan, is the best friend, magic, right, of the person who wrote this book, of Catherine Woodward Thomas. So she was able to host a conversation for me and my dad where I could start to show up not as just the good girl, the role I'd always played my whole life for him, but instead as myself with my resentments and my anger and my frustrations and my blame, even my rage. And I didn't tell him just, bah! but I did say, look, I've been showing up this one way because I'm afraid that you're going to fall apart because he has his own traumas from... Vietnam and I think other things in his life and I don't want to live this way anymore it's dishonest I'm not being true to myself or to you about who I am and I don't like it and I want it to change so here's what's really going on with me and I shared and I shared how mad I felt that the pattern for man and masculine and father and partner 
wasn't what I wanted it to be. And it allowed it to transform. And it was a conversation over several days where I was able to be really honest. And now I work with the pattern of, oh, I'm being that good, perfect person again for him. I get to relax and be honest about who I am and how I feel and what I want. So taking more focus off of these other people and putting it onto me. So then I'm ready to date again. And I start dating someone I actually like, but I just, there's something about it. I'm like, this isn't my person. So I started getting really discerning of like, I like this person. There's nothing wrong with this person. This person loves me. That's cool. But I don't feel it. So starting to say no to those people. And it was hard because as you know, rejection hurts. Like whether it's somebody from high school or somebody that you really like or somebody that you don't you know you don't quite fit with that well but you want to be with anyway i don't know <laughs> whatever you're getting from them for me it was a sense of empowerment with that person so started to say no more boundaries more space even more and then eventually what i found was I was going on all these dates um, through Tinder and OkCupid and all the match, all the things. And I hated it. I was getting so frustrated. There were lots of little boundary crossings and like men kind of doing things I didn't like. And oh my God. And then one day I was like, I'm done with this dating thing. I'm just over it. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> I'm not doing any more online dates but I had already started talking to Jason Graves. So I'm like, I'll just do one more date. And y'all know the rest of this story. We showed up at the St. Julian. I could like, I was wearing this like sexy jumpsuit with a leather jacket and I was walking in and I could feel him behind me. And that's when I was like, ooh, who's this? We sat down, we had dinner, we went, we had some drinks, we went and played pool and it was like, click, 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 click. We just clicked. And I, you know, since, meeting him, it has not been perfect. And I think that's a myth that I thought would happen as I was looking for the love of my life, that I would find my person and suddenly it would be like sparkles and rainbows and furies and nothing ever would go wrong and we would never fight. Like I haven't really fought with people in my relationships and me and Jason Graves can tear it up. We can really fight. So we learn how to fight better, you know, like that's the process of relating is how can we be kinder to each other? How can we love each other more? How can we fight in a way that doesn't break our hearts so wide open and really hurt us how can we build a life that we both want to live and so as you know last month we put together our dream wedding we both went big i believe that the meaning that we have in our life is the meaning that we make and we made this mean that this was the most special magical time in our lives and my intention as i was there was to let life meet me and like drink it in because the pleasure was so much that I had to like breathe to bring it into my system. At one point, a friend, after I was telling her about it and she's like, I think you activated DMT in your brain because I was describing how when I saw him at the altar, he saw me, I could see his eyes light up and it was like time slowed down and I was in this like, infinite space but then when i watched the video back it was like two minutes two minutes from that place to where i went so she thinks i activated dmt in my brain and i agree um but we yeah we got married and now we've been married exactly one month today so happy inner one year one month anniversary to us we're rocking it we've had one fight so far but i just want to encourage you that you know i i kind of thought like 
that finding the one would be out there, right? Like there is somebody out there who's the match for you. I believe that. And there's probably more than one somebody, to be honest, in my opinion. And the person that you fall in love with might not be who you expect. So for me, it, I thought I was, this might be funny to you, but I really thought I was going to end up with like an ayahuasca drinking hippie guy that wears a man bun. Like I really did. I thought that's who I was attracted to. I thought that's what I wanted. I thought I wanted that like spiritual openness, the yab yab, like all the things. And I got Jason Graves and I love Jason Graves. Like you could not take me away from him. You know what I mean? Like there's something about him. I love his Scorpio moon. I love how tough he is. I love how you always know where you stand with him. These are not qualities that I thought about when I was dreaming up my partner, but I let myself open to this idea of love and that he or they were out there and that I would encounter them through, instead of looking out, searching, I look in and I heal and I complete the past so I can be more present because all of our power is right here in the present moment, right here, right now. Power for business, power for relating, power for connections. All business, by the way, is inside of our community and our relationships because money flows between humans. Money flows between humans. So beautiful life, we look in to ripple out. You do the healing work on the inside. And if you want support with this, I would absolutely love and adore to walk you through this. So I'm sorry that Rhonda couldn't make it this week. We will get her here in a few weeks. I'm excited to see what she has to say about this topic. These are my thoughts on the fear of rejection and finding the love of your life. Um, abuse does play a role in this, but I'll let her take on that conversation when she gets here in a couple weeks. And I have my own story to share about that. And I'm sure you do too. And I want to assure you that the magical soul's place is the safest place on the internet to unpack. There's kind people here. If you have things that you're going through, we've all been through it too. Um, a lot of you who are in this community know that trigger warning, abuse. I was abused as a child uh, by my neighbor and it has impacted my life in such a way that yes my heart is more open I'm more attuned to other people I care about communication skills I have these big dreams and it's really launched me and also it comes with the difficulty of leaning into my emotions my emotions are very big they flow a lot and when I get triggered that's where I really need to dig deep into leaning into the feeling and allowing myself to take care of that inner child and connecting that to my higher self because when needs aren't met as a child, your brain gets patterned in a certain way and we can work with that. And it's not a deficit. I want you to remember that. It's not a deficit, it's a difference. And that difference makes you unique, special, valuable, the bright light that you are. So magical souls, ask all your questions, engage in here, let us know what you need because we're here for you. And if you want this to walk this path of finding the love of your life, I'm here for you. Bye.